Good evening. So tonight we're going to be looking at why we need to get out more. Or if you want its posh title, it's how we engage with the community. And um, I did the slides for this a couple of weeks ago. And that's fine, not a problem. And then we went to New Wine, and New Wine threw up a whole load of other stuff as well. For example, I bought a newspaper one day, and on the back page, which is the most important page, the, the, the headline was, Pope to bat at number four for England. And I thought, that's seriously the church getting engaged with the community, isn't it? So uh, who knows what uh, we're going to come up with tonight. Um, I've road tested a little bit of what I'm going to say, because some of this might be a bit controversial, so just to warn you. So I thought I would, without anybody knowing, without the people knowing who I was talking to, I tested a few ideas. And uh, the reactions were mixed, to be honest. So I thought, well, I'll take it, take it out and take it out. The trouble is, you end up watering it down so much that there's nothing left. And then at New Wine, I was given by someone some prophetic words. And what they said to me was, take courage. So it's all back in. <laughs> so we'll see how we go on, and hopefully I will get out of here alive. Right, so this is what we're going to cover. Uh, we're going to talk about the madness of some of the things that we do in church. Told you it was controversial. Might as well get that in right at the start. Um, and uh, then we're going to be looking at sort of what church is or what it should be, uh, why we should engage, why we should get out more, and then a little bit on how to do it. But to be honest, I'm going to be asking more questions than giving answers because this is such a big subject, I can't possibly cover everything. But I do want to challenge, um, which is sort of what I like to do, frankly, in life. Um, and just to give a bit of context, when I talk about church... Sometimes I will be talking about the church in general, and sometimes I'll be talking about this church, and sometimes I'll be talking about a church service. So you're going to have to try and keep up to work out what on earth I'm talking about at that particular time. I'll also be talking about how we as a church engage with the community and how we as individuals engage as, uh, as well. So there's quite a bit to go through. And I think there are three broad possible reactions to what I'm going to say. And the first one is disagreement. So I might say some things and you will disagree and you will reject it. And you might be, even be outraged. I hope not, but you might be. I don't mind any of that. I think that's okay, so long as it provokes the debate. Because surely the church, for any other place, the church should be a place where it is safe for us to debate things, to discuss things. And it is okay to agree it's okay to disagree, because that's how we develop our faith. In the middle is the reaction I don't want, which is no reaction at all. So you sit there and go, nah, yeah, whatever. Um, because that's a waste of time, you know. You, you can't do a lot with a melting blancmange, can you? So, uh, so you don't want anything like that. So I do want a reaction. But the reaction I really, really pray for is that at least one person says, I will. And that's success. So, there are two phrases in life that strike terror into the heart of people. The first one is evangelism, and the second one is role-playing, and I'm going to challenge you to do both. So, we're going to do a bit of role-playing here, and we're all going to do it. If we are able to move around, we're all going to do it. Um, so, every single part person is taking part of this, and you don't have to say anything. Okay. You might think this is completely nuts, 
and maybe it is, but give it a go. Go with the flow, okay? Is that all right? So what I would like you to do is, is to form yourself into four roughly equal groups. One sitting over here, one sitting at the back, one sitting here, and one sitting over there. Is that okay? And if, if that's difficult, just sit where you are. But you can't all sit there, otherwise this will go wrong. Okay. So, you, you might think that was ridiculous. And it was. Because some of the things we do in church are mad. So, the group at the back who were outside, how did that make you feel? Right. So, did you know what was going on in here? Right. Because you're our community. So, you're the people who are not part of the church. And sometimes we go and say hello, but most of the time, you've no idea what we're up to. What about you guys here? What were you doing? So you're in the church. (laughs) And a bunch of us are like that. So we'll come on a Sunday, we'll sit here, we'll watch everybody else, we won't engage, and at the end of the service we'll go out again. What about the group who went and said hello? So was, was that you? So... You're the group, you come here, you do the stuff on a Sunday, but you go out and engage. Okay, you weren't, you're only saying hello, but you're doing something. So you're taking what's in here and going out into the community, which is where the bulk of people are. They're not in here, are they? The, the majority are elsewhere. So you were doing something about that. So you recognise that there is more than just coming to a service on a Sunday or whatever. You have to go out, and that's, that's what we're going to focus on. The group over here, you were going around in circles. And that's the madness. Don't ruin my analogy. (laughs) 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 So the group in the middle are are some of us, and maybe we all do this sometimes, we come on a Sunday, we're engaged, we're taking part, we love it, we'll worship, we'll pray, we'll do all the things... And, and we'll say, bring it on, more and more and more. And we, we, know, we, we, we follow the latest fix, you know, the best speaker or the latest music or whatever it is, and we want more and more and more. And we leave it in church on a Sunday because we don't go out and engage. And that's the madness. So what we need to do is how do we make sure that you three groups, you two groups, three groups, are more like this group over here, that we go and engage with the people who matter outside. So it can't just be about coming to church on a Sunday. Because, you know the old saying, if it, you know, a dog is not for Christmas? Well, being a Christian is not just for a Sunday, is it? It is a 24-7 thing. So, what is church for? And you can uh, dis- disagree with this potentially as well, if you could read that. Um, There are lots of elements of church, aren't there? For me, I think the primary thing in the middle is worship. We come here to gather as a body collective to worship the Lord. That is our primary thing. 
in addition to that, there are loads of other things that we, 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 we sort of participate in, if you like, or that are important. I came up with six because that's the number of segments on the uh, graphic that I found. So I couldn't come up with any more than that. So there are, you know, clearly prayer is important. Community is important. Discipleship. We come here to be discipled. We come here to be refreshed, to, to be healed, and so on. But the biggest thing we come here for, after worship really, is to go out. And it's all about go. If we just leave our Christianity in the four walls of this building, we are doing something wrong. And we are missing out because we gain so much when we go outside. And the rest of the community is missing out because they're not hearing about Jesus. And, and why, do, uh, you know, why do people not follow Jesus? Biggest reason, they don't know about him. It's as simple as that, really. So, yes, the primary role is here is to worship, but the real thing then, we, we support each other, and then we go. And we go out and share. So why do we need to do that? And the place to start is to look at Jesus and look at the teachings of Jesus. And I just want to cover um, three pa- passages, really. And they're really, really well known. Most of you will know these. Um, so there's nothing revolutionary here in me choosing these, to be honest. But there's a reason they're really, really well known. It's because they're really, really important. So the first one is the Great Commission, which um, was read earlier. So, you know, um, <clears throat> therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is a command. This is not Jesus saying, if you wouldn't mind, if it's convenient, when you've done all the housework or whatever it is, or when you've finished your work, <coughs> and if there's an hour in a month, perhaps you might possibly consider the opportunity of going and talking to someone or doing something in the community. This is a command to everybody, and it is go. And the word go features... 1,500 times in the Bible, and therefore it's important. And it's in there much more often than the words, don't go. So clearly we have to go. Jesus is saying, go. Because if we don't, how is anybody going to know? So it's not optional. It applies to everyone. Young, old, all ages in between. Big, small, doesn't matter. It applies to all of us. The second one, the parable of the lost lost sheep. Luke 15, verses 3 and 4. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And the third one is salt and light. Matthew 5, 13 to 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So it's go and engage. Go and make a difference. The light always overcomes darkness. Always. Um, If a street pastor scheme starts in a new town, crime reduces by 30%. And that is simply by 
Christians being there. They don't have to do or say anything. They're just there. And you have an impact. And, and then there's, um, you know, the uh, WWJD, What Did Jesus Do? And uh, I always have a bit of a problem with that, to be honest. Because I think there's more than that. Because we don't have to think necessarily what would Jesus do. We can actually read scripture and read what Jesus did do. And what did he do? Lots of things. He fed the 5,000, didn't he? So he was engaged in practical help for people, meeting their practical, physical needs in the community. He got involved politically. He was constantly challenging the Pharisees. So he got out there and he did things. So it's not just about preaching or, or evangelism or anything like that. It's just getting out into society and being there. Because we live in a world that is totally lost, don't we? And it's getting worse. We live in a country that is totally lost. We live in a community that is totally lost. And if we don't engage with our community, wherever that is, who will? Let's look at us. So, I'm using round numbers here, okay? But roughly, 300 people will come to this place on a Sunday. Um, Say half of those live in the Creech area. So that is 150. Population of Creech, 2,500. So on a Sunday, we are reaching perhaps 6% of the population. And we can, I know we do other things during the week, but we can debate well, a bit more here and a bit there. But the principle is true, isn't it? That leaves 94% who we are not reaching. So it can't just be about a Sunday. It has to be more. And uh, you know, think of how many people there would be to engage with if we then added where the rest of us live, and our work, and our friends, and our social life, and our family, there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands just from us who we can have a direct impact with. So, how can we engage with our communities? And that community could be anywhere. Well, we pray, we speak, and we act. So, we preach the gospel, and we live the gospel. And you need to do both. You know, one without the other is less effective. And if you can do both, fantastic. And we apply what what I call the the Jerusalem principle. And the Jerusalem principle comes from Acts 1, verse 8, which says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the the earth. So we start from where we are. Some of us are called to go right to the other side of the world. To, 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 pre- to speak or to act as a Christian. Most of us aren't, so we start where we are. So who do we meet? Because they're our community. It's our friends, it's our families, it's our neighbours, it's our school colleagues, it's our teachers. It's whoever it happens to be. So you start there and then branch out from there. And we, community can be many things. We can engage in many ways. But one of the ways that's important, I think, is our work. And by work, I mean any kind of work. So that's inside the church, outside the church, uh, paid work, voluntary work, school work, college work, whatever it happens to be, we can engage through and at our work. The trouble is, I think the church gets the area of work wrong. And we have sort of perpetuate what I believe to be two lies. The first one is we talk about Christian work and secular work, don't we? And I think that's rubbish. 
they're just the same. There is no distinction. If we're a Christian and we are doing some kind of work, we are doing Christian work. Whether it is in a Christian context or a non-Christian context, they are equally important. So we shouldn't put one above the other. And the second thing is, um, we have this unwritten hierarchy of jobs. And at the top, we have uh, what we call full-time Christian ministry. Um, So our pastors, our missionaries, or whatever, and they're right at the top of the tree. And then just below them will be people who work for Christian organisations like Tear Fund or whoever. Um, And then underneath them, we will have those who we, we regard as being in vocations. So there will be doctors, nurses, teachers, and so on. And we think specifically about all those roles, and we will pray for those people in those roles, and that is absolutely right that we do so, because they are very important. And then we keep going down the list, and somewhere down the list, fairly close to the bottom, we have business. And then maybe at the very bottom, we have politicians or estate agents or something, I don't know. (laughs) But... But we kind of have this mental list, and it is fundamentally wrong. Because, yes, those pastors, missionaries, etc., are at the top, and they are equal top with every single other role and every single other person. And I'm a businessman, so I'm right down the bottom, so that's that's a problem for me. And the church doesn't really get business, and it sees it as alien. And I will take Ewan as an exception to this because he is very supportive of me personally. But in general, the church doesn't get business. Even though Jesus ran a business. He was a carpenter. He bought wood. He must have sold it to keep going, etc. So he was a business. So this is, you know, it is an issue because it holds us back. Um, Let me give you an example of someone who um, engages with community through their work. Her name is Elsie. And I'll tell you how to find Elsie, because she works in Sainsbury's in the centre of town. I don't need to describe her to you. You can find her. Just look at the checkout with the longest queue. And that will be Elsie's checkout. And honestly, try it. Sit there and watch. You will see this. And people choose her because she absolutely radiates the love of Jesus. Just by doing her work. There's always one. It's usually the pastor, isn't it? But honestly, she just... It is so visible. People specifically choose her aisle because she knows they will be nice to them. That is engaging with the community where she is. Uh, Business can actually learn a lot from the church, for example, about compassion. But the church can learn a lot from business. Um, And you're probably thinking, but the church is not a business. I have heard that so many times that I'm bored with it. Uh, because it, it's, it's wrong. Because actually, the church is a business. For example, they both involve profits. Yeah. That's good, wasn't it? <laughs> I was very proud of that one. But, but seriously, it, I haven't got time to go into why, but, but if you want to know why I think it is, ask me later. So what could the church learn from business? Well, lots of things, really. It could learn things about clarity of direction, strategy, leadership, having clear goals, joined up planning, life cycle management. If you want to know what that is, talk to me afterwards. There are so many things that we can learn, but we don't because we don't really engage with business or with work. And the problem with that is, because it doesn't engage, 
We can't engage with community as well as we could and should do because we are not using those skills. So, right, here gets, here, let's get controversial. How good is this church at, at engaging with its community? It's a big church. It's one of the biggest in Taunton, if not the biggest. Um, it's growing, and it does lots of things. It's a good church. So when I say that some things later, it is in the context of it's a good church. Um, and we do some really good things. My challenge is, I think we think we're great at it. And I think that's a very dangerous place to be. Because that's when you get complacent. And it doesn't really matter how good we are. And I think we are pretty good. But we need to be better. Because the the need is so great. So we can and must do more. Even if it means doing less church. Or less in church. And maybe we need to stop some things. Because we're all busy. But a lot of our busyness is in here. I'm not belittling that. Clearly, I love the church. But sometimes we have to stop something here to give us the time to do something out there. And that's another thing you can learn from business. Because business is good at stopping things. We can't do everything, so we need to do the best. And that means, and this, this can be challenging, if, the, if it happens to be your particular area that comes under question. But sometimes we have to stop doing the good to do the best. So it's not about stopping something that is bad. It may be that there is something that is even better and we need to put our resources into that and stop doing something else. There are lots of things we, we, we do that, that are good, I think. The cafe, for example. And the cafe is, is very successful. It's a great cafe and it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Um, But that cafe shouldn't be seen as a way of enabling people to engage with us. It's a way of us to engage with them. It is a bridge, the cafe, but it's not a bridge from outside to here. It's a bridge to enable us to leave the building and walk into community. The Holiday Club, fantastic. The Evening, which is the only part I was part of. Um, is a great example of engaging with the community where we went into the community, um, we had a fun evening, and it was all free. That is a great thing. Other examples, Alpha is wonderful. It's close to my heart. Been involved with it for years and years and years. But actually, we invite so few people here to Alpha courses for the size of our church. Um, parent and toddlers, work with older people, the social things we do, all great. And we need to acknowledge those things. But we have some weaknesses as well. So, are we joined up? Are all all the things that we do linked together in some way so we make the most of them? Or have we got a bit here, a bit there, and a bit there, and they end up being suboptimal? What do we do with someone who shows an interest? Say say a parent um, from someone from Holiday Club expresses some kind of interest. What do we do with them? So we might say, oh, yeah, we send them on Alpha Course. But actually, increasingly, people are a long way from an Alpha Course. The Alpha course needs to come later. Then we need something as that stepping stone. Have we got that? Or do they you know, have a bit of interest and then we let them fall away again? Um, you know, do, do we have a process? For want of a better word, I can't think of a better one, to be honest. 
do we have a process that enables us to gradually build relationships with people? I'm not sure we do. What about our men's work? You know, uh, the church, there is a greater proportion of females in the church than men. How do we get engaged with more men? What more can we do? They are the hardest to reach. The World Cup, I have to say, was a missed opportunity for us. You know, what was the world, what was this country talking about? It was talking about the World Cup. We didn't engage. So there are things that we should do. And one of the key things, I think, because sometimes I think our model of church is wrong, but one of the key things, our objective must be, don't show people the church, show them Jesus. The church bit will come later. You know, if we start with the church, by definition, the church is flawed, because it's got you and I in it. So it's not perfect. Jesus is, we have to show people Jesus. It's Jesus they all respond to first, not the church. The church bit will come. Don't worry about that bit. The church will come later. Just introduce people to Jesus. Because the church is alien. You know, um, um, there was one former pastor, so I can talk about him now, former pastor in Taunton, who was very anti-street pastors. Because as far as he was concerned, and I quote him, it doesn't put any more bums on my seats. That is wrong, isn't it? That's not why we engage. We engage because people need Jesus. It's not about boosting numbers here. That comes later. Don't worry about that bit. And people are genuinely interested. Um, On street passes, as well as going out and patrolling things, we do a thing called safe space. Um, And safe space is a gazebo opposite um, Debenhams on a Saturday night. And it is meant to be just literally that, a place of safety. And it is gazebo, a few chairs, where people can go there, feel safe on streets that are not safe a lot of the time. And uh, we always provide hot drinks. And so you can have a cup drink and a chat, and people want to chat. Uh, The problem was that we were getting overrun with homeless people. And I'm not anti-homeless people. They are equal to the rest of us, okay? But there were so many of them that it meant that it was becoming a homeless drop-in centre, if you like, which wasn't its objective, and it was stopping other people from coming. And also, because of the drug issue in Taunton, it was becoming an unsafe place. Um, so we, we had quite a few violent incidents and so forth, which was not great. So we, we decided to stop doing drinks. And we thought, we'll see what happens. And the first week we did it, no one came. No one, literally. I mean, we sat there for an hour and no one came. No one engaged. That was a few weeks ago. Last week, we had 42 people came for a chat. And what are we offering? Drinks? No. Food? No. We're offering Jesus. So people want to engage. They really do. You know, people are interested in spiritual things. All we have to do is get out there and engage with people. But the trouble is they see the church as irrelevant, don't they? You know, at best irrelevant, at worst homophobic. So the church is a challenge. So don't show them the church yet. Just show them Jesus by what we do and what we say. Because this model of church we have, we expect people to come to us. That does not work anymore. We have to go to them and to go where they are. You know, um, in this room, some of us are baby boomers, post-war baby boomers. Some of us are Generation X. Some of us are Generation Y or millennials. And some of us are Generation Z different ages, and each group behaves completely differently to the last one. And the way they engage, the way they are interested, is totally different. 
So we have to go, leave the building, go outside and engage with them on their terms, not on ours. And through what we do and what we say. So, just to summarise, we need to engage more with community. Why? Because Jesus told us to. Why? Because lives depend on it. We need to rejoice in what we already do. This is not a guilt thing. We recognise what is good. Um, some of us are completely maxed out already, and that's great. So it's not a guilt thing, oh, I've got to do more and more. But we need to recognise that we need to perhaps change. So at the very least, ask yourself the question, am I doing the right thing? Or is there something better? If you are doing the right thing, great, keep doing it. And be affirmed in that. But is there something better that we could do? Um, ask the question. We need to engage more as a church. and We need to find different ways of doing it. Different ways of building relationship to build that bridge with the outside community, to introduce them to to Jesus, and then they will come to church. If we do that, thousands of lives in this area will be changed, and thousands of people who don't currently know Jesus will feel and experience his saving love and power. So let's come back to the beginning and possible reactions. All I ask of you is to think. And will you get to that point when someone says, what can we do? Shall we do this? You're the person that says, I will. Amen.